everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we wonder if your kid's school was not adorned the other day with Israeli flags, and if your shul doesn't daven on behalf of our Chayalim, then seriously, what are you doing? Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 10 a.m. right after Charlie and right before Nahum's live lunches. I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news. And a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. Unfortunately, Charlie's already in the other room, so I'm not sure he's going to hear this. But I want to point out that last Thursday, it was pouring cats and dogs, and Charlie promised us that the sun would come out tomorrow, which was very beautiful. Rami, I hope you remember this. And it happened. And so now it's raining again, and I'd like Charlie Harari again to promise me that the sun is going to come out tomorrow, because now I'm convinced that Charlie Harari controls the weather. Please, please, please tweet that out. Charlie Harari controls the weather. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side. I'm joined by Avrami. What's up, Avram? How are you? I think I'm well. How are you? Thank God. Doing okay. Yeah, our first guest is already on the line, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, so I definitely do not want to keep our first uh, guest waiting, but I do want you to remind me a little bit later, A, we have to do the national holidays, and we have to do our fortune cookies. But most importantly, I want to tell you that I have the commuting story of the day. All right. All right? I want to. Let, I just want to get that out there. Well, my commute was not eventful, so... It really yeah. wasn't? No. Even from all the way you come from? Exactly. So this, I'm saying that no matter what it is, it will be the commuting story. Of the but day. then this isn't fun for me. This is There's no competition here. I busted your balloon. Sorry. You, I mean, that's an understatement of the century. Nothing happened. You came in from Baltimore. It was pouring. Nothing? I was sleeping. I don't understand. I'm so perplexed. Um, but that's okay. That is okay. That is okay. Anyway, um, we have so much to do today, and we have wonderful, wonderful guests. And yes... Our first guest is on the line, and I do want to introduce Rabbi Yehoshua Fass, who is the founder and executive director of Nefesh Benefesh. As part of my um, celebration two days later, we're, we're holding three days here for Yoma Atzmod. I hope that's okay, because I didn't get to celebrate on Tuesday. I didn't get to do a show about it on Tuesday, so I'm doing it now. And Rabbi Fass, I could not have this celebration without you, so thank you so much for joining me this morning. My absolute pleasure, Miriam. I want to hear the commuting story of the day. <laughs> All right, well, I'll just tell you because you can appreciate this. Anyone who's ever sat on a plane and not moved on the tarmac can appreciate this, but I don't know if this is worse, sitting on a train, getting into Penn Station, sitting there for 20 minutes not moving because the train in front of you was disabled and they had to get rid of that in order to find you a berth first. So you're just basically hmm. sitting there knowing that every subway and every everything else is passing you by and you can't get off the train. All right, Avrami's making, Avrami's making a face like, you know what, dude, not so bad. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you, Avrami's giving me a hard uh, time. I, it was a lot of hype. It was a lot of hype. Oh, I expected more, but it's no. still good. All it's right. still story. You know what, Rabbi, from you, anything. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, Rabbi Yoshua Fass joins us from Israel again. He is the founder and executive director of Nefesh Benefesh. I invited him on to talk about the 66 heroes who were featured in the Nefesh Benefesh incredible Yom Ha'atzma'ut video that uh, went viral this week, and for good, very, very, very good reason. I want to talk to you about that, and I have a whole bunch of other questions. So first, let's talk about the video. Tell me where the inspiration from that video came about, and, and whose brainchild was it? Okay. Um, it, was, it, it was really a fascinating project, fascinating on so many different levels, because something like that has not been done. I think it's novel in, in the Jewish media world, and also it was done in really a short amount of time. Basically, a few, a couple of days before Pesach, Hillel Hurwitz, a new marketing director, came and had this idea. Um, he was uh, 
you saw one of these clips from uh, several years ago when they took Obama's inaugural address, and they basically took actors from Hollywood, and they were each saying with their own inflection different sentences from that inaugural speech. And let's leave politics on the side for a second. Right. It was extremely moving how each individual interpreted or um, uh, reflected on on the words of of that inaugural speech. And he said, you know, why don't we take take Migilat Atzmut, Israeli's uh, Declaration of Independence, May 1948, from David Ben Gurion, David Ben Gurion, and have individuals, iconic individuals, mixed with just regular olim, and have them say sentence by sentence with their own inflection, have it with their own meaning, and let's see whether or not it could be an emotional piece. And let's remind you, it was a couple of, a day or two before Pesach, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't start the program. We, 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 we create a skeleton sketch of what we thought might be. And literally, when we came back from Pesach, in a day or two, we had our list of individuals that we wanted to reach out to. Within two days, two and a half days, we filmed everyone. One and a half days of editing done really in one-week production, and then it, it hit the air. Well, it's, I mean, you would, first of all, you'd never know that the turnaround time was that short, but I, I think you would agree with me that some of the best projects come out of that kind of adrenaline. Um, oh, absolutely. The all-nighters, right. the deadline pushing, and the, the, the working on the passion and inspiration, and just, let's, let's just, why not? Exactly. Why not of it? Exactly. And, uh, and, and it, was, it really touched uh, incredible nerve with individuals. It really... It evoked uh, a lot of emotive responses from people. Well, and for good reason. I mean, it doesn't shock anybody who listens to the show to know that anything Nefesh Benefesh video-related is going to make me cry. I mean, you know, that's an easy assumption. Um, but especially with this video, one of the things I found the most touching about it, and um, you'll, I imagine this was by design and then Kola Kavod because it worked, I was in there, and I obviously was not one of the people there, but I could identify with one of the faces on the screen. It made it incredibly personal, and by sure. and and I I believe that the the diversity I'm going to use this word as cast, but the diversity of this cast or these heroes allowed each viewer to really connect in their own personal way to this video. Absolutely, I mean that's what we're going for that Israel means a lot of things to many people. And, and when we, there are two things. On the myopic, on, on an individual specific basis, you can find something that, that your spark of Zionism or Tzionot, of connectivity to Israel, is there and resonates within you. Uh, that's one. And then when you look at the tapestry of all the different voices and of all the different facets, and everyone expressing their connection to a different facet of what Israel stands for, it creates this resounding Am Yisrael Chai um, chorus. And that's what we're going for. That's the poetry behind it. Um, and that's what I think is very emotional about it, that, uh, that each individual is passionate, each individual has a voice. The voice is the fate of the Jewish people, the destiny of our, um, of our people coming back to the land. And the, and the contrast also, the black and white of the individuals versus the color of, of modern-day Israel is very moving. And the new score that we also produced, like in a day and a half, right. of taking Am Yisrochai in studio and having a, a musician really morph it to, to, to really be more melodic and to be a little bit more inspirational, just it all came together. Who was the musician, by the way? 
Don't put me on the spot. Okay, you know what? <laughs> we can talk about the musician another time. Let's talk about the musician. I can give you that answer. Okay, that's a good that's a good one. Then I'm going to switch to my next question here. Quick segue. Sure. I I hope this is I hope I don't embarrass myself at this moment. But am I supposed to be able to identify all 66 faces? Because I can't. No. Okay. You should. It's a good test. I gave a test to my house to see. I said, if you can name, <laughs> if you can name 20, I'll be really impressed. If you can name 15, that's fine. Um, but, uh. Wow. Can I name 20? That, I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at the screen now. I'm looking at the, at the Nefesh Benefesh homepage now. By the way, those, those listeners who are not looking at the Nefesh Benefesh homepage, you should be. It's nbn.org.il. Um, and obviously when the show is over, you can clearly click on the play button in the middle of the screen and enjoy this video. Mind you, bring the tissues with you. But, um, I'm looking at the screen now and I cannot. I mean, it doesn't look to me like all 66 are there, which, which gives me a little bit of breathing room, but I cannot name more than five or six. Oh, my embarrassment. No, let's right go now. through. Well, Revlau, yes, Stefan Sharansky, okay, and Gabriela you. Shalev, the past ambassador to the UN, Tal Brody, iconic, you know, Tal Brody, American, uh, sure. who made it, made it to Israel, Maccabi basketball. Right. Um, Gilad Shalit is there. Gula Cohen. Oh, Gilad Shalit. It's, Shalit is there with Ami Sochai. Well, you can just scroll down and you can see the faces and we have a bio of each individual. I know, but then it's not fun. Then it's not, you know. (laughs) And then it's not the game. It's not the game. Um, Of course, there's uh, you and there's Nir Barkat and. Nir Barkat. And there, there were. Rav Lau. Rav Lau, right. But that was an easy, I mean, that was an easy one. That was like a gimme. Um, there were, but there, there, this also, again, spoke to me about the fact that, A, I am not as in touch as I need to be, that my heart might be there, but in terms of my grasp on Israeli society and who's who, I mean, that's also my business. I need to know that in order to be an effective Jew living in the diaspora. Correct. But we also were not, what we're, the angle was not to test individuals or whether or not we knew 66 people. And also, we weren't trying to go for 66 iconic faces. We wanted it to be a mixture, a mixture of, of, of you know, social entrepreneurs, iconic personalities, and also regular olim who are coming and making a difference and just living their lives. And the reason why we called it Heroes of Israel is that just moving to Israel and, and living your life here, it's heroic. When you do something that, that is correct and is right and is noble and is challenging, and you reflect only 1% of the population, <laughs> you know, back from back at home. You're doing something heroic. Right. And uh, you don't have to be saving the world. You don't have to have the Nobel chem- you know, Prize in Chemistry. You can be, uh, you know, pioneering Leket, you know, putting food uh, table to table for food for individuals. You can be starting a band. You could be teaching Torah. You're a hero. Right. I forgot that Joe Gitler from Leket was in the video. I now see him in the corner of my screen. So you're up to you're up to nine already. I know. I'm totally ranking. You would, you would actually you would actually get that piece of cake in my house. Just a couple of more, and you're like you're doing good. Oh, if there was cake involved, I really would have studied. By oh the way. yeah, there was incentive. We were incentivizing this. Come on. I'm all Kids about that. Rabbi Fass is the executive director and founder of Nefesh Benefesh. He is one of the two people I refer to as the dynamic duo. That would be Tony Gilbart and Rabbi Fass, who have joined Nachum on the air numerous times, either from New York or from Ben Gurion, when we were able to join one of the um, the charter flights last year, which still stands out in my mind as such a formative experience for me as a member of this network and and in my life. It really was something that I have completely not taken for granted. And, and recently, actually, it was over Pesach, 
Um, Nachman, our families were together um, in Florida for for the Chag, and I recently pulled up one of the videos that I took as we were getting off the bus into the throngs yeah. of welcoming uh, welcoming faces and people and dancing and whatever, and I just showed it to somebody because it I, I refused to take it off my iPad for good reason, and even that person was moved. Yeah, yeah. It, it's That's just the best moment of the whole trip. Yeah, it's just that kind of a thing. It's that it's something that stays with you forever. So I wonder for somebody who does this twenty four seven, or as I can joke, twenty four seven and a half. Is there a moment that gets lost on you at this point? I don't think it gets lost on you. It's um, it's trying to balance, you know, the day to day aspects of a job with you know with a constant vignettes or the constant moments of inspiration, of remembering, you know, on the micro level of helping a family out fulfill their dream, and on the macro level, being reminded that you're doing something for the nation, doing something for the state of Israel, and uh, it's constantly rewarding. There's not a day that goes by that doesn't have frustration, <laughs> and there's not a day that goes by without saying, oh, my gosh, that's I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe we're involved in this, and what a schut that, um, that, that we just you know, tripped on, that we're able to be involved in, uh, in such a beautiful process with people, you know, people of Israel and in our nation. Someone once referred to you in my presence as um, a person who, even if they ate a cheeseburger, would have their space in Gan Eden. And um, because that is the enormity of the greatness of your work. That's a great side business. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can basically do anything, by the way, at this point. You are okay, let's, let's switch topics now, Mary. You're embarrassing me. I know, so, I you know. know but... my side, you know, my, the second, you know, you called us, uh, what did you call this, dynamic duo? So yes. Mr. Gilbert, Tony Gilbert, is just landed in Israel, actually. He's here for the next few days. Oh, really? We're, uh, we're having our first ceremony, the Bonetzion Prize. I was about to ask um, you about that ceremony. because because Joe because Joe Gitler from like at the left was yeah Joe Gitler was named right. Yeah, yeah. He, next Thursday at the Knesset, we're having our first annual ceremony. It's going to be unbelievable. Tell me what the um, inspiration was for that prize and why it came about this year. Great. That's a great question. See, even better than the, you know, name that musician. <laughs> See, you can name the 66 people. I can't even name the musician that we hired to do this song. Um, the, quest, year, the question is really... The quest- idea, the Bonate Sion Award, for really three different reasons. Um, the first reason was that I wanted to highlight every year a bunch of veteran and new Olim who moved to Israel and make an impact. Why? Selfishly, I want individuals in the diaspora to realize that people are not coming to Israel and just surviving, but they're thriving, and they're excelling and succeeding and having an unbelievable impact on Israeli society. That's number one. Mm. Number two, I want for Israeli society, for Israeli residents, citizens, to realize that, you know, although we might have one Knesset member in the, you know, in the, you know, representing the Anglo population, the impact of, of the 100 or 200,000 North Americans or Anglos living in Israel is invaluable, and on every single sector of the population in every different field. And third, it's part of our genetic makeup to give hakalata tov, to express our appreciation to people. And uh, there are individuals, remarkable individuals, who are doing incredible things that affect our day-to-day life. It could be environment and science and technology, in Torah and inspiration. And uh, we need to thank people. We need to, to express our hakarat Do you know how many... And uh, that's, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're not going. 
Do you know offhand no how <laughs> Do you know offhand how many applicants you had for the for the prize? Yeah, we had uh, around over 300 or so applicants. Holy cow, that must have been very was, difficult to whittle down. It was extremely difficult. Some categories had a, some categories were less. Um uh, and some categories had 80 to 90 applicants. It was extremely extremely difficult. The committee, which was an extremely impressive committee, um, which was like almost a, a pinch me moment. Mm. I can't believe I'm sitting around the table with these personalities and 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 they're and I'm you know coordinating this meeting. Um, they took it so so seriously and so professionally. It was incredible. I'll give you a little anecdote. Uh, Gabi Ashkenazi comes to the meeting and he's flanked with security. And uh, he sits down at the table and I start giving out handouts of the applications of the of, you know, the screening process. And he already printed on his own everything because wow. he sent it as a heads up for people to peruse. And he took two days off the day just to, and to write his notes and questions on different candidates. <gasps> wow. So we were like, like I was like, okay, we're all going to talk about this topic. And, and Gabi would say, okay, I have five questions on this person. He, was, he completely oh, took it extremely seriously. We searched the individuals. And it, just, and it, was, it was a very diverse group of people. Very passionate individuals, and um, it was it was a great time, and I'm ha- I can't wait to see them again at the Knesset when we give out the, the awards to the individuals. That's unbelievable. Talk about dedication from a volunteer group. I mean, that's real commitment. No, yeah, they took out the hours, and uh, it'll, it'll be great. It was really uh, because they they saw the value of the of the prize, they saw the value of the individuals, and it was difficult. It was a very very difficult process. Because there are so many, it was eye-opening to me. Um, it was there's so many individuals who are doing such incredible, incredible things in this country. It's it really humbling. is. It really it is. It's humbling, and it's also you know to me it also speaks to the enormity of um, of Israeli talent and Israeli ingenuity. And it is based on that that the 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 founders of this of of this amazing country did what they did, and 66 years later, we are where we are. It's, it's really, it's... It's unfathomable yeah. how, how much has been developed. It's unfathomable when you look back at footage, when you look back at what has been developed over the last 60-so years. It's unfathomable to realize how much we've advanced this land. It's, it's biblical. It's, bib- it's of biblical proportions to realize how much we've developed this country and how many people have come back and what is being done in every single field, being a Torah or science or social entrepreneurship, it is incredible. There, there are a bunch of us on Facebook who take great joy in like reading globes and getting stories out of, of incredible Israeli ingenuity and this deal and that deal and another and whether it's Intel or Facebook or whatever and, and combating the BDS movement in the small way that we can by making sure that these that the incredible stories coming out of Israel really get out. And even Haaretz had a story yesterday about a bear, a Syrian bear. I think that's the type of bear. Yeah. Nothing that yeah, had spinal surgery. Correct. That right. had spinal surgery. And you see this incredible shot of this bear laying flat on its stomach with its back shaved a bunch uh, uh, up the spine and a, a vet in Israel performing this unbelievable surgery. And it's the small things, and I don't know that that's small. That's pretty incredible. But it's all of these different stories that, uh, that as as you said before, add to the tapestry of Israel. That add to its personality and its and its 
unbelievable nature. And and part of all of our jobs is to make sure that that gets out. Right. It was. Um, well, thank you, Miriam. Yeah. No, I'm I'm here. Listen, I'm here for you. You know that. I'm <laughs> I'm here for you. It kills me when we get that return trip uh, ticket from Nefesh Benefesh because when we come, we know that unfortunately it is not it is not yet our time to um to, to be so you just gave me a great idea i'll buy you again for this flight without the return ticket oh uh, by the way <laughs> i'm all in except for the fact that i'm sure steven's listening um you're listening to that's life here on the knock Siegel network this is my yom Hatzma edition it may be two days late but as i said we're holding three days and rabbi yoshua fast is the founder and executive director of nefesh benefesh and he's joining me on the air as we discuss israel 66 it is 66 israeli heroes they share a message for 66 years of Israel, it is the video that went viral, and you can watch it on nbn.org.il. Rabbi Fass, are you coming in for the uh, Celebrate Israel Parade on June 1st? I am. Nice. Nice. Yes. Miriam, just a funny thing. As we're talking about technology and advancement, I'm sitting on the side of the highway so I can get good reception, and I'm watching 200 sheep and a shepherd <laughs> walk by the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of it's kind of merging of the old and new. Which is, I thought it was ironic as you were talking about the. Is it, but isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Isn't that the greatness? Isn't that amazing? Uh, absolutely, what? absolutely. Yes, I am coming in for the Israeli parade. I'm looking forward. I haven't been there for a year or two because of the way it works out. And again, I don't understand how they schedule it like 24 hours before it should look. Yeah, not so, so much uh, fun. Not so much fun on that part. Is it different for you as an Ola? And as somebody who runs such an incredible organization that brings Olim and enables people to make Aliyah to come to the parade as before when you were still living here in the States? Yeah, of course. Even every trip to the States changes as the years progress. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, but that's a more of a personal, you know, psychological <laughs> of, uh, evaluation. Well, um, I, I hope... No, it, 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 I, I, go, I go because... Uh, for many reasons, it's uh, it, it's it's an incredible event to see so many so many individuals come out to support the state of Israel. Um, and there's a there's a beautiful energy to it. There's a beautiful spirit to it, and uh, and there's a pulse. And I like to feel that pulse, and to see many many individuals, and to see if there's waxing or waning of that energy. Uh, I also like to we invite Olim who are making Aliyah this summer to join our float or to walk with us. And I and just it's always nice to meet individuals. Um, at the different steps and stages of their Aliyah process, you know, when they're initially contemplating, when they when they make the final decision, after they sell their house or they pack up their bags in a few weeks before the flight, and they're and they and they are in that transition stage of marching there as a, an American and knowing that next year they're going to be in Israel, looking from afar, and uh, so I, I like I like that. It's it's an enjoyable it's an enjoyable experience. Uh, it's an Israeli-American connective experience, and uh, I try to be there as many years as possible. Well, we are definitely looking forward to hopefully seeing you there. We will be broadcasting as we have for the last either three or four years. I don't know what we're up to. I think it's the fourth year where we broadcast and provide um, audio coverage of the entire parade for about four hours. I hope you will come by our booth. and uh, stop. I will come by your booth. We're also going to try to have some ministers also join the OLIM on our float. So we will wave to you as we pass. Oh, by. wonderful. And if you can jump off the float without incurring any injury, we'd love to have you on. It's an open invite. Thank you so much. Thank I'll you. try to practice, you know, tuck and rolling. <laughs> now, and I'm so <laughs> That's
That's fantastic. All right, Rabbi Fast, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you pulling over on the side of the highway and not hitting any sheep My as you pull out. Thank that would be so great. Thank you so much, Miriam. Be well. <laughs> Take I care. Amen. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And, Rami, we're going to get to all those different things that I made sure uh, to ask you to remind me about at the beginning of the show because we did not uh, want to keep Rabbi Fast waiting. Isn't he amazing? Don't you just want to, like, be in his presence? All right, you're not. Uh, you're not. I mean, I'm making shirts. I'm making shirts. I'm a huge, huge fan. Anyway, fortune cookies. That's the sound. Let's go to it now because our other guests are going to be calling in any minute, and I definitely don't want to keep them waiting either. So let's get the first fortune cookie. Let's get the for- first fortune cookie going. Hey, by the way, the word on the back to learn in Chinese is potato. Yep, potato. Potatoes in Chinese? It's like potatoes in Yiddish. Okay, here we go. A huge fortune at home is not as good as money in use. Uh, okay, I, I buy that. Let's help the economy. I'm feeling doing a second one, by the way. I'm just going to pull a second one out because I'm allowed to do that. It is our show, after all, and I can make that executive decision. And Rami's on the phone, so he can't argue with me. Here we go. The principal business of life is to enjoy it. Well, that was a fortune cookie made for Charlie Harari. If it had said the word awesome in it, it would have been even better, but I'll take enjoy it for sure. Let's also make sure to go over today's national holidays. We have, oh, wait a minute. The national holidays somehow or another got, oh, that's weird. The national holidays just skipped off my page. I'm actually just going to pull it up. There was some weird, weird stuff going on today, and I know you're going to say to me, well, Miriam, actually all of the stuff that you usually mention is pretty kooky. And I respect that, but let me just pull it up because some of them were a lot of fun. By the way, if you haven't bought your Mother's Day cards, that's this Sunday. Mother's Day is this Sunday, and even if you just think it's a contrived Hallmark holiday like many of my friends, dude, buy your mom a card. It's really worth it. Anyway, by the way, today is the 8th. It is Free Trade Day. It is also National Animal Disaster Preparedness Day of Rummy. So let's get the birds stuck in the windows. Let's get them ready for a national disaster of some sort. It's also Occupational Safety and Health Day, which means I will not be climbing on any of the chairs with the wheelie rolly things on the bottom today. Um, and in addition, in addition, it is World Ovarian Cancer Day. So shout out to our friends at Sharsheret for all that they do. Um, all that they do with um, women's cancers and getting the information out there to so many different people. They are they are unbelievable with everything that they do. In addition, I just want to let everyone know that um, that tomorrow is National Moscato Day, and Jay Bookspan will be joining Nahum tomorrow morning in celebration. I know. Isn't that fun? In celebration of that. So we are looking forward to that. Anyway, you are listening to That's Live here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and... I am joined by two additional guests who are going to be on together, and I am very much looking forward to having both of them on. Sivan Ya'ari. Sivan on the line? Yes. Hello, Sivan. Sivan Ya'ari is the founder of Innovations Africa. Are you the founder and the developer? What's your exact title? Uh, I'm, I'm the founder and the president, that's, as of right now. That's a nice title, by the way. Founder and president <laughs> of Innovations Africa, which is an incredibly wonderful organization that yeah, that Sivan is going to explain to us in full exactly what they do, because um, if I describe it, I actually may just start to cry again. And I know that um, this has been a show full of emotion, but one thing that Innovation Africa does, and again, Sivan will speak to this more directly, 
is um, bringing Israeli innovation to Africa in order to better the lives of African people. Did I sum it up well? That's correct. Yes, Miriam. <laughs> so thank you. thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, you also, by the way, th- just so that people have a little bit of background, the name of the organization originally was? It was Jewish Heart for Africa. When uh, I founded the organization in 2008, and we changed the name uh, about two years ago to Innovation Africa. Uh, and, and there is a good reason for it. Uh, uh, one of the reasons was in the villages, people were thinking that we are coming to convert to them with the name Jewish Heart for Africa. And our mission was just to come and help with Israeli innovation. Just to make it a bit easier, we changed it to Innovation Africa, um, many bringing Israeli innovation to the villages. Yes, we definitely don't want people to think that we're coming in to take over their lives in a religious kind of a way. The other, right. the other person on the line, by the way, is Yotam Goren. He's the first secretary of the permanent mission of Israel at the UN, and he has been the man on the ground, if I understand correctly, um, in terms of the efforts in Africa. Am I correct? Hi, Miriam. Hi, how are you, Yotam? How are you? Great. Happy to be on the show. Thank you so much. And am I correct that you have been the man on the ground in Africa um, ushering this along on behalf of the government? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm responsible for relations with the African embassies here at the U.N., and I had the privilege to actually visit uh, some of the, uh, the countries on the ground earlier this year. I, I appreciate both of you being on the air together. I'm sure that you have worked together, and um, this is really an honor to have both of you on because you both are doing such incredible work, um, both on the part of the Israeli government and Israel in general, but also on the part of the African people. So thank you so much. Um, Yotam, let me just ask you a question first. I, I can't imagine too many people put together the words Israel and Africa, or South Africa, in, in the same sentence, how have relations been between the two countries? Well, in terms of Africa, we have a very interesting relationship. We have uh, embassies in 10 countries and relations with, with, mo- with the vast majority of uh, the countries on the continent. Uh, we are looking uh, to work with these countries at what we do best. Uh, and uh, an example is what uh, Sivan earlier said is innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, the, the relationship with them, specifically the U.N., allows us the platform to really uh, work with them at eye level, eye to eye, on innovation and entrepreneurship uh, and try to help them practically, in practical ways, uh, for the betterment of their citizens. And the, the reception that you, that you have received on behalf of the government has always been warm, or did they have to warm up to you at the beginning? Well, we, we have, uh, frankly, very good relationships with a lot of African countries. Uh, uh, only recently we passed a resolution in the U.N. dealing with uh, agricultural uh, technologies for development, and we had an absolute uh, majority of African countries voting with us. So that is a, really a, a clear sign that the vast majority of African countries on the continent are looking to enhance the relationship with Israel. Wow, that is that is incredible. That is good to know, especially um, as I mentioned in the interview that that preceded this one. That part of our efforts here in the United States are to combat the BDS movement in any way, shape, or form that we can. So, hearing that there is great reception to Israeli innovation and that Israel Israel is being welcomed into other nations and people are looking forward to working with Israel is really quite um, exciting and and empowering. 
Yeah, Miriam, look, this is part of a, a sort of a, a tikkun olam agenda. Hmm. We really believe that we're not, uh, we're, we're looking to work with our African colleagues on the same footing. Uh, we're not coming from above, we're coming from below. We're with them in the field, we're with them in the offices, in the missions, in the embassies, uh, and we're looking to provide from our knowledge and from our struggles and history uh, ways for them uh, to, to uh, better the lives of their citizens. And so this is coming from, uh, from a real agenda of tikkun olam. Well, I guess, Ivan, you can speak to that mission of tikkun olam. I, I had the opportunity to watch your video. I think it was done at Wharton, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct. And um, you spoke about the inspiration that you had or how this all started when you were getting a master's degree at Columbia University. Yeah, so um, that's correct. When I started the organization, I was a student uh, getting my master's in energy development. But I was born in Israel, and uh, I mean, we all know our amazing Israel and what Israel has been able to do in such a short period of time. And while I've been going to Africa, I realized that African villages really can use a lot of the technologies, know-how, expertise that Israel has been using for the past 65 years or more. So my goal was just, can we transfer that knowledge and those technologies and help those that really need it? And what we have done six years ago is starting with solar energy. I mean, most people don't know, but Africa doesn't have access to energy. Most of the African countries, very a small percentage of the population has access to energy. And without energy, they can't have access to water right. because we cannot pump the water. They cannot have access to vaccines and medicines because they don't have electricity in medical clinics, so no refrigeration, so no vaccines and medicines. And it's very hard to get any type of good education without access to energy. So what we have done, we came to Israel, took some of the Israeli solar innovations that were that existed, and we brought them to African villages. Today we have really uh, believe we have done a, a good impact by helping and powering 78 villages in five countries in Africa. Incredible. So those Israeli innovations were now able to give clean water, we're using the energy to pump water, give electricity to medical clinics and schools and orphanages, and also bringing drip irrigation, something that was invented in Israel and something that is much needed in the African villages. So I'm very proud. I'm a Zionist, so I'm always very proud to say we are here in the villages we're helping we're from Israel and seeing the results that what Israeli technologies are doing and how much impact it has on the ground in Africa. Are you surprised ever um, by the status or the, the situation in one of these villages that you, that you come see or that you adopt, um, and then the incredible immediate impact that your work has on their lives? Miriam, I think many people are not realizing how difficult and distressed Millions of people are living in Africa. We are seeing, and I've been now 15 years in Africa, but in the past six years with Innovation Africa, I've seen thousands of people that are spending their days looking for water. Many of them are very thirsty. Many of them are not going to school, angry, 
don't eat starving. And all of it, people are not realizing. So I don't want to make it depressed, this uh, <laughs> show. But I'm just saying that with very little, right? And Israel has the technology. We know it. We're pumping wa- water from the desert. We're growing food in the desert of Israel, and we are feeding Israel and more. So we can do it. We can help. We have the technology. We just have to transfer it and bring it to those villages so that we can give them hope. When- and uh, it's simple, and it's easy to do, and it, the impact is tremendous. See, see, that's the part that I think is the most interesting, that you're saying it's easy to do. How can 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 it be that easy? It's true that arriving to the villages can be difficult, right? We're going to places where you have drought. We're going to places where there is no electricity, no water, um, and, and we're helping. But installing the technology, pumping the water, it's not difficult. Installing solar panels and installing 18 light bulbs in our refrigeration, so now they can have vaccines and medicines, it's maybe two days' work. Wow. And it only costs less than $10,000 at most. I've never got an invoice more than $10,000 so that I can change and transfer the lives of about 30,000 people. That's an incredible, that is an incredible uh, just fact. It, it is absolutely blowing my mind that it only costs $10,000. That's it. Or less. Or yeah. less, right? $10,000, I guess, is an expensive day. And, and when you get yeah. things on sale, you're better off. Um, but that's really, it, you're right. It is, it is a small amount of money to make such a great impact, such a Kiddush Hashem. And, and, and again, back to Yotam's point of, of our mission of Tikkun Olam as Jews, that, um, you really can change the world in such, in a drastic way with such minimal, minimal effort. Yotam, are there other projects such as Innovation Africa that you've been involved with that work on such a grand level? Miriam, let me just uh, say that uh, we, we love what Innovation Africa is doing, and, and we love it so much because we think it's, it's practical help. You know, they're not just talking, they're doing, and they're bringing Israel innovation to the African village. And we think that uh, actually next week we're organizing a, a special event just for uh, African ambassadors. And uh, we've asked, and, and Sivan and her, uh, and her group have been kind enough to headline the event for us to come and, and discuss uh, practical ways of cooperation with African ambassadors uh, from such countries as, as uh, Uganda, Zambia, Tanzania. Uh, and this is what it's all about really over here at the U.N., that what, what we're trying to do is to uh, cooperate in a practical fashion, in a real fashion with African countries. Um, and we, we firmly believe in, in sort of the old, uh, old line that says, uh, you know, give a man a fish, mm. you feed him for a day. But teach a man a fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. That's what Innovation in, uh, Africa is doing, and that's what we're trying to, to push through and as our agenda here at the UN. But, Yotam, I have to ask you, there has to be red tape. I can't, I can't imagine any kind of political or social collaboration between countries in which somebody didn't say, well, hold on a second. We have to do X, and we have to do Y, and we have to do Z in order to make this happen. There was everyone was just you know together with this at the moment at the at the inception or were there difficulties that had to be conquered? Well, sure. I mean, there's always red tape when it comes to bilateral relationship. But when you get the decision makers in the room, and this is this is the point here, when you get the ambassadors, 
in the room with our ambassador, and we talk about how to work it through, and not just at the low level and not just the bureaucracy, but we get the people that are making the decisions. And you bring such an organization as Innovation Africa with the value that they add, with the, you know, she explained it very, very simply. The, the, the cost-benefit analysis is easy. Uh, bringing technology to the villages in, in an efficient way, then the red tape uh, doesn't disappear completely, but it goes away pretty fast. Wow, that is, I, I will tell you honestly that that is reassuring. That is incredibly reassuring. And um, also just the understanding that a huge impact can be made in such a quick manner is is also very, very heartening. I, I was actually, and I can, either one of you can, can speak to this. I was at a, a fundraiser last week with uh, members of the Ministry of Health from the South Sudan, who, as we know, are in just terrible, terrible straits. And, and I will tell you that, that the person who ran the fundraiser, knowing that I was having both of you on the air this morning, asked if you would be interested um, in working with them in South Sudan, because when I sent them the video from Innovation Africa, I sent the YouTube video, she wrote back to me, these people look rich compared to what I've seen in South Sudan. <laughs> well, Miriam, it, it's, uh, it's not just South Sudan. A lot of countries are recognizing or have recognized uh, Israel's expertise in, in a wide variety of, uh, of uh, solutions, sustainable solutions, whether it's in health, whether it's uh, fighting desertification, which is, is a big problem in Africa. The, the desert is expanding, and there's need for water purification technologies and agriculture technologies to combat. And so we have this dialogue, not just with African countries, but with many other countries in the world, with UN agencies. It's the way that we can bring the positive Israeli agenda, the know-how of Israel, into the world platform. Sivan, is there anywhere you would not go? You know, right now we just uh, started operating in Congo. And the Congo is quite... Uh, I'll use the word dangerous. You know, can we say dangerous? <laughs> we can say dangerous. That's correct. <laughs> However, Congo is the poorest country in the world. So the, what I've seen in the Congo, I cannot let it go. I'm saying those people are thirsty. We have to go and pump that water because the, we know the water is just 20 meters below their feet. And yet, you see many of them that are not making them because they are thirsty. So at this point, I'm saying, yes, we're going to have to go. It's a bit dangerous, but we can do it, and we can go and we help. And, yes, sometimes it's not very smart and dangerous, and we have to be careful. I agree. But we are really trying to make it where it is and making the impact. So we can really not only create better relationship with Israel and the leaders, the chief of the villages, the people from the government, and letting them know that Israel is coming and helping. That's how we are presenting himself. But at the same time, really helping those that are very much in need. And uh, we're trying to do both. Sivanya Ari is president and founder of Innovation Africa. She joins us on the phone from Israel. And Yotam Goran is the first secretary of the permanent mission from Israel or of Israel at the United Nations, both of, work, both of whom have been working together on bringing Israeli innovations to Africa in, in so many different um, in so many different ways and spreading the, the amazing Israeli technology that comes out of the brilliant Israeli minds that we celebrated this week with Yom Ha'atzma'ut. And um, though we celebrated from here, we definitely celebrated. Yotam, is it, uh, is, it a, is it ever shocking to you when you walk into a meeting and you're representing Israel and you're about to tell them what amazing innovation or what technology you're able to bring to their country when they look at you and they say, from Israel, really? 
Well, you know, yeah, because uh, although many people, many countries know of our, our capacities in terms of innovation in various sectors, there's always uh, those people who are, who are surprised by it because the word hasn't come out. But uh, this is part of the part of the mission, you know, part of what the uh, the embassy here under Ambassador Ron Prosor is pursuing to get that inv innovation out to where it's needed, whether it's in uh, sub-Saharan Africa whether it's in the deserts, whether it's in Southeast Asia, to get Israeli know-how on sustainable solutions in water, medicine, agriculture, uh, and in the same token, uh, help companies back home in this economy, Israeli companies, to, to work in these areas, to open up new markets. So I think it's sort of a win-win situation. We get the innovation out to where it's needed, and Israeli companies back home find new markets to work in. But from me, from a press point of view, I want to know, is the message getting out, are the, are the lay people, are the people who are not involved in the projects, who aren't behind the scenes, who are reading the New York Times and trying to combat everything written in the New York Times, is, there, is the message getting out that, look, this is what we're doing? I think slowly, slowly the world uh, is recognizing Israel as a startup nation. Uh, I know it's a term that's been coined several years back, and I, I believe from my colleagues and speaking to other diplomats in the community, that this term has become sort of a commonplace. We're expected to bring innovation, mm. and that's what we're doing. Nice, nice. Sivan, when you originally um, came up with this idea, again, as a graduate student here in New York, and then you brought it back to Israel, and you brought it to your home, and you brought it to your family, at what point in one of your family members, whether it's your, your husband, if you're married, or your parents, look at you and say, um, no? <laughs> so I'm very lucky to have married... Uh, a great man, and we do have three babies. So I, uh, since the time I started the organization as a student, I got married and gave birth to twins and one more. And yet I continue and travel to Africa and try to help others. The good thing that I have is my husband, who keeps telling me, don't worry about your kids. They have food, they have clothes, and they have shoes. Go help others. And he's the one really to encourage me to go and, and help those guys. Uh, as many as we can help. That that oh. to have that kind of support system is absolutely um, incredible. And, and Miriam, I would like to add something about the technology. Sure. And uh, last year, we were ver we were honored to have received the United Nations Award for Innovation, and it was the first time that the UN has recognized Israeli innovation and gave us the award. And one of the technologies that we are bringing to Africa is a monitoring system that is allowing us, me and my team and the donors, to monitor the solar system that we have installed in a very remote village in Uganda, Tanzania, or Malawi, or Congo. And we are able to monitor from far away, from home, from New York, from Israel, and know when they open the light, when they close the light, wow. and how much is it operating. And if something breaks, we can go and fix it since we have people on the ground. So just being able to keep it sustainable and monitor everything, it's something that is new, it's innovative, and it's very important when you deal with very remote villages. That's, that's incredible. And also I should mention that in June of 2012, um, Innovation Africa was awarded special consultative status to the United Nations Economic and Social Council, um, which is obviously a, a, a position to be held in high regard. 
Yes, we are very pleased to be part of the discussions about development and sharing everything that we are working, all of the Israeli technologies and expertise that we are bringing to African villages, sharing them with other ambassadors, um, uh, African ambassadors at the UN and some other countries. I should also just mention that over 620,000 people have already been impacted by their projects and more than 300,000 children children have received properly stored vaccinations for the first time stored in their solar-powered refrigerators. I think it was that scene in one of the videos that really struck me the hardest or the most as a mother. Um, is It was just the, the enormity of, um, you know, people in the United States and people in Europe choosing whether or not to vaccinate their children and giving them certain vaccinations, not giving them others. Obviously, that's a great debate. But to think that in... 2014 or just a couple years back, people didn't have that option because they didn't have refrigeration to put the vaccines in a safe place. Blew my mind. It really struck me as just the the haves and the haves nots and what I take for granted here in the United States. That's right. And Miriam, what one one thing about Innovation Africa that I found to be terrific is the amount of young people that are following us. Most of our donors are in their 20s and 30s. So most of the people that are really seen want to be global citizens are coming and helping uh, Innovation Africa through small donations and understanding that the impact that can be done and uh, providing people to see light bulb for the first time, getting some clean water, for the first time or being vaccinated and being able to leave us for an extra years and continue. Absolutely. Nyotam, when is your next trip to Africa to uh, see the work in action? Well, it's still to be determined. I just got back recently. I had the, uh, the great privilege as a official representative of the State of Israel to be in eastern Congo and in Somalia and see some of the situations there, and it was uh, it was amazing experience and also to see the great work that our embassy in Nairobi is doing uh, in Kenya. Uh, so hopefully soon. I think that one of the most important things that has come out of this conversation is that people understand the the expanse, the the great breadth of Israeli involvement in other countries and other countries recognizing the importance of a relationship with Israel. I mean, I can't say until this very moment that I even thought about whether or not there was an Israeli embassy in Nairobi. But, um, but again, that just speaks to me, just to the greatness of the country. Absolutely. And, and, uh, uh, and, and people from the community, uh, businessmen and women from the community here, if they want to get involved and have ideas, then I urge them to go to our uh, website uh, just to Google the permanent mission of Israel to the U.N., and uh, we'll be happy to start a dialogue on this. Wonderful. And people who are interested in learning more about Innovation Africa can go to inno-africa.org, and you can hear more from Sivan, watch more, and um, really be moved by the incredible work that's being done both by Innovation Africa and, of course, by the Israeli government. So I want to thank Yotam Gorin from the permanent mission of the United, of the, to the United Nations from Israel and again to Sivanya Ari, founder of, uh, founder and president of Innovation Africa. My thanks to both of you. Thank you very much, Miriam. Thanks so much. Thank you, Miriam. Take care, Sivan. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Avrami, I, I, I know that I joked that this was my Yoma Atzmaud celebration, but I really think that for, um, for for a moment, we can, regardless of 
whether or not you wore blue and white or whether or not you said hollow at all or with a bracha or whatever it is on Tuesday, you have to take, and I don't mean you per se, but there has to be a moment where you stop and say, wow, this is incredible. There's just a moment of pride. This is Israeli ingenuity at its best. This is what we were meant to do. Tikkun olam. It really is a Kiddush Hashem. And I thank Rabbi Fass and I thank Sivan. And of course, I thank Yotam um, for all their incredible work. Let's go through today's lineup. I am, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit moved. I gotta be honest. I'm a little bit moved by today's show. I really found it incredibly inspiring. I hope you did too. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and what to look forward to and, of course, what not to miss. We have a full afternoon of programming for you right here after That's Life. It's the Live Lunch with Nachum Siegel. In its 11 to 1 slot, we start with brunch, we end with lunch, followed by the stunt show hosted by Gorf, right? Avrami, thank you. Gorf is going to be, uh, is going to be hosting today. That's at 1 o'clock. And then starting at 2 p.m., it's Throwback Thursdays, encoring J.M. and A.M. from years past. By the book, hosted by Nahum, is encored at 5 p.m., then Michael Fragan's spin class at 6, Charlie Bernhardt at 7. As we say, wrapping up the lineup, tune in all day long. Join Nahum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9. As he hosts JMAM live here on the stream, NahumSiegel.com, JMAM.org, 91.1, 90.9, and 91.9 FM. Don't miss the weekly update with Malcolm. That will be at about 7.40 in the morning. And, of course, Naomi and Table for Two returns tomorrow morning. She has a number of unbelievable interviews that she that she recorded when she was in Sydney. She recently just got back from Sydney. Actually, I think she's coming back tonight, if I'm not mistaken. And she put together this show. It is quite um, it is quite exciting. We've never actually done a show from Australia, and I think right now this is as close as we're going to get. So don't miss that. That's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. An updated 2014 schedule on our website, NachumSiegel.com, is available there. You can click on the network schedule. My thanks again to all of my guests this week, Rabbi Yoshua Fass of Nefesh Benefesh. You should go to nbn.org.il to watch the video to learn more about making Aliyah. If you also, the video is posted on my Facebook page. If you're interested, you can just go there. You can also check out Innovation Israel. That's I N N O. Uh, sorry, Innovation Africa, I-N-N-O-Africa.org. You will really be moved by the incredible work that they are doing. And so my thanks to Sivanya Ari from Innovation Africa and to Yotam Gorin from the Israeli Consulate to the United Nations. I'm leaving you today with um, Shine by the Maccabees. It is what track off of One Day More, Rami? Track number four. That is an original production by the Maccabees. And it is my shout-out to everyone in Israel and to the incredible people who work at Innovation Africa, who work at the UN, who are featured in the Nefesh Benefesh video and the people behind Nefesh Benefesh. I honestly, as a person who lives in the diaspora, cannot thank you enough for all that you do for Israel and for the Jewish people. Kol HaKavod and Yom HaAtzma'ut Sameach. The live lunch starts in just a few minutes. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. I see a light reflection, refraction Is it nothing more than a chemical reaction? It flickers and grows, nobody knows How much we feel, how quickly it goes Turn off the dark and vanquish the night Show the whole world for eight days at twilight Then and now, they fought and we fight Fight for the right to live by our own light Let me see the light Give me something to live by Let me see the light I need something to live by Help me see myself in my reflection Let 
Let me shed the light in each direction. 